Thank you for joining us here at Celebration Church, where we celebrate God, celebrate people, and celebrate life. We hope you enjoy today's message. A Sunday school teacher asks her children on the way to the service, and why is it necessary to be quiet in church? One little girl replied, because people are sleeping. Second joke, here we go, let's try it again. Late one night, a preacher was driving on a country road and had a car crash. A farmer stopped and said, sir, are you okay? And the preacher said, yes, I had the Lord riding with me. The farmer said, well, you better let him ride with me because you're going to kill him. Peter, Peter Fritz face then gave it all away of just, oh my goodness. <laughs> Speaking of, you guys can sit down. Oh no, just stay there. You can stop. Thanks, beautiful. I am going to start doing something a little bit unusual as well, something new, not dance or anything like that. I, part of our heart as a church is to resource you guys and to resource beyond. And by the way, if you're here on Zoom, we want to say a huge welcome or a podcast. It's always so good to have you with us. We are working to improve your experience at home. Uh, give us grace. We'll get there. Um, but one thing that I want to do is every now and then I'm going to give you some resource that I've enjoyed. It might be an album I've just heard. It might be a book I've read. It might even be a movie I think is going to really bless you. So today, who here loves to, to sing along with worship at home? Okay, everyone. But I'm gonna, there's an album this week that I, I, I heard, and it was such an amazing album. So if you want some fresh worship, Write this down, go home and YouTube it or Spotify it or Apple Music it or whatever you do. It's called Hymns Live and it's by a band called Shane and Shane. Yeah, Hymns Live. This will take you to a new level in your worship at home and it has a lot of old school hymns done modern. It's a live album and on the way into church today, I just had it cranking in the car and I was just having the best God time. Um, so if you're looking for resource, Hymns Live, look that up. Shane and Shane is the band. Um, and I just believe that you will be blessed. The reason why I do that is because people do ask me, is there anything you can recommend music-wise or book-wise that can help me grow? Um, I think that's going to help you grow a lot, which is great. <clears throat> In nearby chapter 8, I just want to speak about Corona for a second, if that's okay, before we get into our message. In Nehemiah chapter 8, it speaks about how Nehemiah and the people of God were building the wall. They were building basically in, it's a representation of the church. They were these people who were godly people and they were taking their time in, according to obedience and conviction to build the things of God. And it says in Nehemiah, if you, it might not be Nehemiah 8, just read the whole book of Nehemiah. It's not long. Read it and just listen to the heart of God when it comes to, the, to church. Whenever you hear Israel in the Old Testament, I always compare it to the church and what God is doing in the church. And so in Nehemiah, we see here that these people were faithfully trying to build the wall, trying to build the church, and they had massive challenges. They had people who came along and they would um, criticise, they would drag down, they would uh, be critical in different ways, they would be cynical and they would have a go at those trying to build the wall. And then there was others who were the actual wall builders, the church builders, who had a choice, do we keep building or do we listen to the cynics and do we listen to those who have been critical? Do we listen to the challenge or do we keep doing what God's called us to do? And I feel like in this season, as the church, we have an opportunity. The opportunity is this. Are we those with our arms crossed being critical or are we those with our hands up saying, God, use me? And right now, and anyone who's been in church for any number of time will know this, we have never been in this situation ever, a situation where we have to say to people, there's not enough room for you in church a situation where we have to adapt when it comes to social distancing, serving food in our cafe, different groups that we have going on. 
it's very unusual and it's very challenging in a lot of ways. I know for our pastoral team, it's been extremely challenging. Pastor Jolly is going on holidays tomorrow and he deserves it. Um, and all of our pastoral team, you think Sunday Church hasn't been on, but they've worked harder. It's been nonstop um, work for the past four months in particular, trying to look after our church people, trying to make sure everyone's safe, everyone's cared for, producing online content, working with government, working with our denomination, all the stuff that goes on to try and make sure the church is still safe and going forward once this pandemic finishes. And when it comes to Nehemiah, I just want to just pastoral, this is my pastoral encouragement to you. Don't be the guys at the wall with their arms folded. Cowards do that. Be someone who's saying, God, I put my hand up in this season. It might not look the way that I'm used to. It might not be the same as what I've known. But I love God and I love his house and I'm going to put my hand up. You know, some practical ways just to educate us this morning and how to build that wall is this. Let's be a church that has conviction about what the local church is called to be. This week we're just doing a bunch of online content again because the state is on a knife's edge right now, yeah? We're, every night we're just watching the second wave type stuff and Victoria is a great example of how fragile this whole situation is. Um, and so we're trying to prepare our hearts that if we have to go back to online church, are we ready? So we're doing a bunch of recordings this week. Our team is working on that. But the first thing is this. Let's be a church that has conviction when it comes to who the church is called to be. Have a conviction. Why are you here this morning? Obviously, you're here because you have convictions. But have conviction when it comes to whether it's here, whether we have to go online, whether we have to you know, do church differently, still be a part of building the church, even if it's a little bit different. The second thing is this. If you, and if you want to know how to do this, write it down. But be consistent. Coming to church once every six weeks is not going to help build the local church. Try and make it part of your Sunday expression of worship. Um, if you're at home isolating, make sure that you're on, online. Make sure that you're contributing. Make sure that you're connecting because it's important to be consistent. The third thing is this. Let's be a church who's spiritually aware. Like actually understands the season, understands kind of the bigger picture. And there's a lot going on right now spiritually. But we have to always remember that in Christ, we have been given the victory. In Christ, we are more than conquerors. In Christ, we're not led by fear. We're led by his love and his grace and his presence. So let's be a church that's actually um, aware spiritually of what's happening. The fourth thing, and very quickly, is to be practically aware. All this has been practically aware. The elbows to elbow greetings is practically aware. It's challenging, especially for the huggers. Huggers want to hug. <laughs> but we're just trying to help. Um, last Sunday, and I'll give you a personal example. Last um, Friday, I got a bit of a scratchy throat. Saturday didn't go away. Sunday morning, I said to Charlotte, and we're launching our miracle offering, our refresh offering this year. And I'm going, I need to be there. That's a big one. I want to be in church. And Charlotte's like, we have to follow the, the procedure, which is if you have any type of symptom, stay home and go get tested. So last Sunday, instead of being here, and Charlie preached, done a great job, I went to the hospital and got tested. And it was terrible. Oh, my goodness. They said to me, if you think it's like a, a, it's been dumped by a wave, they said to me, and afterwards I said, I'd much rather be dumped by a wave than that. But I did my bit to try and keep our congregation safe. Because you've got to go worst case. What if I actually had the virus, and I was here preaching, and that, or you, you have to go into ISO, potentially. So let's be smart. If you do on Sunday have any symptoms, don't come to church. Go online. By doing so, you're being more loving, and God isn't going to be angry at you because you're not in church that Sunday. He's bigger than that. It's all about the heart. The fifth thing is this. Be a giver. Keep giving. Keep being consistent. I am so proud of our church family that and we didn't have Sunday church for two months, three months, that our giving was consistent. What an amazing testimony to you and our church culture and our church heart that without the encouragement around our giving every week, people still gave. Thank you, Jesus, for people who understand the power of giving. You know, when you give, you actually cause us, when we come out of this season, to be in a position of strength. And that's what we're looking forward to. 
And the last one is this, be committed to community. If you want to keep building the wall, be committed to community. Get involved with community. Find out where connect groups are. If you don't want to be in a connect group, find out where the Zoom groups are or Zoom into a connect group. If you're scared about Zoom, hey, I was a bit nervous. I didn't know how to use Zoom and I'm 35. Some people might be a bit overwhelming. Get someone to help, help you. It's literally as easy as if you have the internet, someone sends you a link and you hit the link and it opens up. Easy. You're there. So make sure that you're committed to community. Don't be alone. Don't be alone because if you're alone, it doesn't end well often because you're isolated. Very practical, but there are some ways for us as a church to come out of this season because last thing I'll say on this is this. When it comes to our church, always remember this, guys. This isn't forever. (laughs) It's only a season. It's only a season, and we're going to pray that it's a short season. Um, In a moment, why don't we stand to our feet now? Let's just take a moment to pray. I'm going to pray for three things. I'm going to pray this morning just to prepare your heart. Number one, we're going to pray that God would move (laughs) and help us. Number two, I want to pray that he would give our scientists supernatural wisdom, that they would kick this virus in the butt. (laughs) Um, In saying that, I'm going to pray, number three, that anyone who's suffering will have miraculous breakthrough because our God is a miracle maker. Um, And number four, I'm going to pray that anyone who's struggling with fear right now, please be aware of this. Fear is hovering. And there's a difference between being cautious and being fearful. And you have to be very aware of that. Don't let fear into your heart. Watching the headlines, it's easy to go, oh, my goodness, I'm gonna, I don't want to die type thing. But be cautious, but don't let fear in. So don't we close our eyes and let's just pray for a moment. Let's just commit this as the church, the power of the local church praying. Father, I thank you so much for these amazing people here. Father, I pray right now, Lord, for this situation. We pray for our state. We pray for our country. We also pray for our world. Father, we pray that you would send right now your Holy Spirit power upon the world, upon our nation. Father, that you would cause those who are suffering, Lord, to be um, made well right now in Jesus' name. We pray, God, for the scientists working hard to find solutions. Give them insight and wisdom, Father. God, we pray for those struggling with fear right now, that they would be free from fear. God, I pray just for an openness. I pray for your Holy Spirit to move right now. Father, may this be a short season. Lord, we pray for Victoria right now. We pray, Lord, that those cases would just uh, diminish, that those rates would drop. God, and that there would be uh, just a safe environment. And Father, we pray also for anyone who's vulnerable right now. Protect them, watch over them, help them, Father. Lord, we thank you that you are in control. We give you all the praise and glory in Jesus' name. Everyone said, amen. Amen. Thanks, guys. You can be seated. So just to recap, at the end of today, we're going to be doing communion. Two weeks ago, I told you about how communion is going to be different and how there was a six-week backlog in trying to order communion. Hey, it came in this week. So we had two lots coming, so trying to find different companies to do it, and one of them tastes terrible. Um, So anyway, but basically it's a little open thing you get and it has the wafer in there. I'll educate you at the end of how to do it. It's a bit tricky. You've got to open it. Um, But part of our act of worship today is the band will be up here worshipping and remembrance is worship. When you take time on your heart to remember what he has done and to thank him, it's worship. So just prepare your hearts even now. And if you're at home, go get your juice and cookies or whatever you want, wafer, um, because you're going to be joining us at the end when it comes to comes to that this morning for a couple of minutes i just want to speak to you about refreshment and last week charlie or pastor charlie spoke about refreshment hey we're loving being parents by the way um he's been crying all day uh i think being in a new environment but i can hear him now a little preacher potentially (laughs) but we're just enjoying just this um being parents and and all the journey that comes with that, it's the best thing ever. I absolutely love being a dad. Oh, my goodness. What a joy. And, um, and, and, and in our life, Charlie and I are always thinking about this theme of being refreshers. In Bible college, um, I went to Hillsong College for three years. And I interned up there for my last year, um, which is amazing. Um, but at every conference, anyone been to Hillsong Conference before? Yeah, so you got like 25,000 people, whatever it is, 20,000, I can't remember the name. 
a lot of people. And you pay your, your, your reg and you go along there. And I don't know if you noticed, but every time you sit down, it's clean. Every time you sit down, there's a new, um, you know, a bit of information in your seat or cards or whatever. The, when a gift moment happens, a colour conference, basically people are making that happen. A whole army of people make that happen. And when you go to college, there's different things that every year, because part of your serving in college is a part of your experience that you're serving conference. And basically, um, you get rostered on. And I remember you would always wait to see what you were rostered on to do. And for me, the, the ultimate was to be a driver. If you can be a driver, yeah, Paul knows about this. It means that you get to drive. Maybe I can drive around Brian Houston or something. And maybe I can sit and, you know, be a chauffeur for the week, whatever it is. And it was just only a very small group of people got to do that. Little did people know being a driver was probably one of the hardest jobs because you're on call 24-7 and after meetings, passes around having dinner with speakers and yet up on, and you don't get to join in your weight in your car often. And Anyway, there was this thing Timo called, and I never got that job, by the way. Never got it. For whatever reason, I'm a bit bitter. I just forgive, forgive. Um, <laughs> There was a team called the Refreshment Team. What was it called? Yeah. And basically, it made it sound so good. I'm on the Night Refresh Team. I think it became Night Refresh, but when I was there, it was like the you know, Refresh Team. Oh, this is going to be great. Little do you realize that that means that from... Is it, what time was it, Maddie? Yeah, so like from 5 in the afternoon to 4 a.m., you're the one at the venue cleaning. You don't get to see any of the conference. You're sleeping through the day, and then at night, you're there cleaning, vacuuming, wiping things down, getting things ready, cleaning the toilets. And there is hundreds of these refresh team, and it was a job that you just didn't want to get. Because at least if you're on the host team, you can still be a part of the services. You still get to be a part of the action. When everyone's gone and it's you in a toilet trying to clean, refresh. That sounds so nice. And Nanny cheered because I guess she was on that team. Grace, were you ever on that team? Oh, no, I didn't get the privilege. Okay. But you know, the funny and interesting thing is with the refresh team was this. When it came to testimonies of God encounters, no other department ever compared to what God did in the refresh team. The amount of supernatural encounters, the amount of God moments, the amount of team moments. It was just amazing to hear God turned up in the refresh team. And I'm not exaggerating that. I was there for three years and every single time it just started by going, oh my goodness, I don't want to be in the team too. It's changed my life. I think part of it is because those who are in that team really had to dig deep, had to actually go, I'm here for the right reasons. When you're there at 2 a.m. cleaning toilets and no one's there motivating or thanking you, it makes you really work out your motivation. Is it worship or is it about being seen? And God would just move in the night refresh teams every single year to the point where it was like you wanted to be a part of that team. And there's something powerful about being a refresher, there's something powerful about having a heart that refreshes others. Our offering coming up is called Refresh, and we, part of our, our offering is going towards um, our cafe. And I don't know if you have those pictures, Benny, but we've done a few mock drawings up of our cafe and what that might look like. Please bear with us. It's not professional. It's, we're, we're doing our best. Um, any luck? Cool. So basically, that's a new wall. There's no kitchen that you can see. Kitchen will be hidden. Display units, new painting, new flooring. Um, making it more like a professional cafe that you want to come to during the week. Um, there's a bit of a mock of how it could look potentially. Um, is there anything else, Troy? Yeah, so you can see the kitchen back there, uh, food prep back there and everything else in the front there. And basically a place that you can come and enjoy and after the service want to be a part of. Part of our offering coming up in, on the 30th of August is going to be going towards re, uh, renovating the hospitality side of our church, uh, which is, yes, yeah, cool, isn't it? 
Because part of our heart is that we want to create a place where we can refresh people. We can refresh our community. We can refresh others. Um, please be praying about the refresh offering. The way that Charlie and I approach it every year, we look forward to it. It's not part of our tithe, but we go, God, is there a figure in our heart you want us to give? Because we want to be motivated by him, motivated by being a part of, you know, setting up our church for the future. The Bible says that a righteous man leaves an inheritance for his children's children. And part of that is the church here and, and setting up an inheritance for our kids and their kids. And hence why the playground is such a blessing because that's going to be there for many years. And so this year, that's part of our giving. Another part is refreshing different pastors. And already, and we will give you more and more details of pastors have been blown away by the simple gift of, and if you're new here, we gave a $150 gift voucher to a nice local restaurant with a prophetic thank you card to 100 pastors around our state. Um, and I'm telling you, the, the response has been immense. It's been amazing. And the enemy never wants us to be people who encourage pastors because when, when pastors get discouraged, the church feels it. So we're part of raising up a standard when it comes to blessing others. And let's be honest, $150 gift voucher isn't you know, a huge gift, but to them, I'm telling you, we've had testimonies. I couldn't, some of them are so amazing. When, when that pastor couple said to me, in the 10 years of us pastoring, we have never had anything this kind ever done for us. And they come from a large church, by the way. I was just like, wow. We got to be a part of bringing refreshment to them and seeing God bless them, their marriage, their family. Us, South Nara, gets the impact of state. So part of that giving them a go towards that. Again, these are concept drawings. Anyone who's renovated knows how much these things can cost. So we're currently in concept stage, but we're just going to believe that we can be generous as a church in this next season. All right, so let's just think about refreshment for a second. Charlie and I are passionate about being refreshers. If we're ever in a place where we feel uncomfortable, uh, especially a social, a social situation, I'm a bit of an introvert, I always come back to this. And Charlie and I will literally say this in the car. Let's go in as refreshers. Let's go along to this thing as people who refresh. Let's make sure that anybody who encounters us is a recipient of a fresh glass of water. Um, I've got this over here as a bit of an example. Um, and life is like this. You know, we give out of what's in our hearts. And basically, um, every time you refresh someone, you just give them a nice, fresh glass of water. Um, anyone who's ever done a lot of, like yesterday, we're doing a lot of yard work and trees and cutting up things and all that stuff. Every time I had a drink of water, it was just the best thing in the world. Like, you think about other drinks, not, you don't want a glass of milk when you have worked the hours practically you want all you want is just water i don't care if it's cold water i don't care if it's tap water just give me water so you don't want lukewarm water though that'll be a bit hard but basically water just refreshes you and we become people in a church and our job is simple it's simply to be people who bring fresh clear water to others on the flip side when we have things in our heart which we don't deal with unforgiveness bitterness, if we're cynics in our heart, if we're negative, all that stuff, we think we're being refreshing, but we're actually causing, well, if you can see. Now, no one really wants to drink that. That's full of just like mud and bird poop. I don't know. It's just full of stuff that you don't want to drink. You want to drink from something that's fresh, that's clean, that's refreshing. Therefore, the onus is on our hearts to be people who have hearts that are pure, hearts that are good, hearts that are not bitter, hearts that are not negative, hearts that are thankful, hearts that are full of life. Life will come along and try and get you down. It will try and speed tackle you into the ground. It will try and hurt you, but you have to be good at forgiveness. And when you're good at forgiveness, what happens is you become a refresher to others. Carry the position or the posture of being a refresher in your heart. Can I hear an amen? Because what happens is this, is by default, we can often come back to this. We've had a bad week, a bad day, a bad month, a bad year. We come back to this. And God says, no, what does it say in the word? It says, it says be transformed daily by the renewing of your mind. 
we have to come back to Christ. We have to come back to who he is in our life. And by doing so, we become people who bring refreshment. How many people do you know today, and just have a little think, how many people do you know today who you can think, whenever I encounter them, I feel like I'm refreshed? And it's actually, for me, a little bit challenging because often that isn't the case. And it's because we don't realise that when we speak, when we do things, we actually are either bringing refreshing water or dirty water. And just because you're a Christian doesn't make you like this. I mean, it should make you like this, but a lot of the time people who claim to be Christians give a lot of dirty water. And you know it because the fruit of their life is toxic. You have to come back to being hearts that are refreshed. I've got to get into the scripture. Uh, John chapter 4, verse 13. There's a lot to say, but I just pray you capture the heart of this. John 4, 13 says this. It says, and it's Jesus speaking, everyone who drinks this water will be thirsty again, but whoever drinks the water I give them will never thirst. Indeed, the water I give them will be from a fount of water springing up to eternal life. Jesus is speaking here about the fact that he is that pure water. And when Christ is in our hearts and we let him become number one in our life, we have this pure water that flows from us. The Bible says that we have rivers of living water that flow from our innermost being. It comes out of us. Don't let it be dammed up. Don't let the hurts and the bitterness and the disappointments and the familiarity and the things that come in dam up the flow of God in our lives. Instead, let that refreshment from God touch your heart firstly. How do we have hearts that are refreshing? Well, we have to start with the condition of our heart. How do you refresh your heart? One of my prayers continually is this, God, refresh my heart. God, help me refresh my heart. King David prayed that prayer. I just... I just know how easy it is to get familiar, how easy it is to go through the motions. God, refresh my heart. And often when we go through crisis, that's when we lean in. God, I need you right now. My world's falling apart. But if you can learn to do that on the good days as well as the tough days, that is a powerful person. How do we refresh our own hearts or see our hearts refreshed? Number one, by having a heart, a right heart towards God. If you're writing notes, Acts chapter 3, verse 19. Repent then and turn to God, Acts 3, 19, so that your sins may be wiped out, that times of refreshing may come from the Lord. Anyone here had times and seasons where you just feel like God's overwhelming you with his goodness? You're just like, man, I've just seen the best season. I'm like, God's just, I'm, I'm hearing God. I can't believe God's just visiting me. It's just, I feel like his favor is on me. That's the season of refreshing. But there's also those seasons where you think, where is God? This is the worst season. Well, I, I, I feel discouraged. I feel like I'm going to even, I, am I going to walk away from this? I feel so, and God says, no, no, wait, come back to me. Come back because there is so that the seasons of refreshing may come. I pray upon our church today that the seasons of refreshing, seasons of refreshing will come upon our church. Can I hear an Amen. And I know that's your heart too. God, let us have seasons of refreshing. The second way we are refreshed in our hearts is through his word. It says in Psalm 19, verse 7, the law of the Lord is perfect, refreshing the soul. The statute of the Lord are trustworthy, making wise the simple. Oh, what a great thing. The law of the Lord is perfect, refreshing the soul. You know, it's so important that we read the scripture, that we meditate on the scripture because it refreshes the soul. So often in life, I, I, in so many counselling sessions I've had with people, the, the, the root issue is the same. They've stopped refreshing their soul. They've stopped reading their Bible. They've stopped spending time with God. It, don't never underestimate the power of the simplicity of reading the Word of God, refreshing. The third thing is through worship, we refresh the soul. God inhabits the praise of his people. When we worship, we lift him up. The fourth thing is through community, we refresh the soul. You know, every time, if you do community well, community should refresh you. I hope you realize that. If refreshing is ever a pain because you feel like you're run down from 
people, get into a better group of connection because good connection will actually cause you to be healthy. And the third, fourth, fifth thing I think it is, is this. We find refreshment when we rest. Resting in God. Psalm 23, 1 to 3 says, The Lord is my shepherd. I lack nothing. He makes me lie down in green pastures. He leads me beside quiet waters. Verse 3, he refreshes my soul and he guides me along the right paths for his name's sake. Rest. Rest. How are you going with rest at the moment? How are you going with your Sabbath? How are you going with taking some time off your social media, turn your phone off, turn off the TV, turn off the noise, just to sit and be refreshed with God? Refreshment is such a powerful thing from rest. You have to be somebody who rests in God. I love that. If you've got your Bibles, Proverbs chapter 11, verse 25 says this. Proverbs 11, 25. It's a key scripture for our season. It says, draw from the river of life. Oh, sorry, that's not it. It says, a generous person will prosper. It says, whoever refreshes others will be refreshed. A generous person will prosper. And whoever refreshes others will be refreshed. A generous person will prosper. How's our generosity going? Charlie and I, we, we, we do this, and I can only preach out of my life. That's why I always talk about our world. We just try and live out what we, what we talk about. We often try and be generous in our life to the point where it hurts a little bit. Generosity out of a, a, an overflow is great. But there's something powerful about being generous out of a, oh, that's going to cost me. And King David talks about that, doesn't he? He says, I won't offer to God something that costs me nothing. Therefore, we have to be people who give out of a place sometimes where it's like, and Charlie and I, we do it every week. There's always something we go, every week we want to be generous to somebody. What's something we can do that's going to be generous? Um, the other, other week, there's, um, I use my brother and, and his family as an example. We just went, let's just, why don't we just order a bunch of pizzas for my brother and his family? Delivered. Hopefully they haven't made dinner. And they got a knock on the door and they had all these pizzas, drinks, desserts for him and his family. And they were so blown away by this act of generosity that it was just like they didn't know what to do. His response was, when can you come over to dinner at our house so I can repay you? And I said, you don't need to do that. It's just a random, we didn't even say what's from us, by the way. They just put two and two together. And it was just one of those things where it was just an act of generosity for that week. When I knew the kids had the starting school that week, there was stress at home. Let's just make the time to be a people who are generous. In that moment, we were refreshers. A generous person is so important. They will prosper. Whoever refreshes others will be refreshed. So here's some questions for us. How are you going with refreshing people? Are you somebody who refreshes people? Have this simple mentality. This is how I think. It sounds simple, but this will change everything in your world if you get it. Have a position of a refresher. Mentally think like this. Every time I encounter somebody, I want them to walk away better and bigger from their encounter. It sounds so simple, but imagine a church who had hundreds of people who said, I'm going to be a refresher for our city. Whether it's the girl at the checkout, whether it's the guy at the petrol station, whether it's the person who's your neighbor. You know, when we had our, our son, our, our neighbors who we've hardly even spoken to left this massive gift pack on our front door. We felt so refreshed. Because they went, hey, the neighbours have we've seen them walk up and down the street with their dog and pregnant Charlie. Obviously, the baby's come now because they can probably hear it. Let's make sure that we refresh them. And we were just honestly so blessed. We don't even know that family very well. But they had hearts of refreshers. How are you going at refreshing people? Are you a refreshing person? Just have a think. Maybe you think you are. I don't know. Have a think again, maybe. Maybe you can be a better refresher. <laughs> when people hear you speak to them, and you've got to understand, guys, this isn't, my heart today is that you're refreshing the Holy Spirit. 
that if I have a, a 30 second encounter with you in the courtyard, my heart is, I want you to be refreshed. I want you to walk away better. Life is too short. Our time is too short. There's too much opinion in the world. There's too much religiosity in the world. There's too much silliness in the world. I will bring the life of God into a situation. Do people walk away from you better and more refreshed? So just as we finish today, how do we refresh others? Is this okay this morning? Imagine a church filled with Christians and people who are on their way to finding Christ who knew how to refresh well. Imagine a church that was full of kindness. That's a church society will pay attention to. By this, by how you love one another, people will know that you're my disciples. In John chapter 13, verse 14, as we finish, John 13, 14, it says here, talking, speaking about Jesus, it's him washing his disciples' feet. He says, now that I, your Lord and teacher, have washed your feet, you also should wash one another's feet. I have set you an example that you should do as I have done for you. Very truly, I tell you, no servant is greater than his master, nor a messenger greater than the one who sent him. Now that you know these things, you will be blessed if you do them. Jesus, in this example, the King of kings and Lord of lords, is washing his disciples' feet. What is he doing? He's being a refresher. He's saying, I'm going to refresh you. I'm going to refresh your body, and by doing this, I'm going to refresh your soul. And it was an act of just complete servanthood. If he does it, and then he goes on and says, if I do it, you should do it. Are we people who know how to refresh? And let's be real, washing feet back then would have been very, 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 very gross. There was no Nikes back then. There were sandals, I think, walking through the dirt. It wasn't the best job in the world. It wasn't a glamorous job. It was a degrading job. And Jesus done this out of a heart of love because he understood that he had rivers of living water and that practically by serving, by being involved, that he could be someone who brought refreshment to everybody, including those who would later turn on him. What a powerful act. How are we going with our refreshment this morning? Are we people who use our lives to refresh others? Here are some quick examples of people who refreshed others in the early church. New Testament, Romans 15.32. We're going to just skim through these. Romans 15.32. It says this, so that I may come to you with joy by God's will and in your company be refreshed. I wonder if the writer would write to us and say, Celebration Church, I can't wait to be with you because when I'm with you, I feel so refreshed. 1 Corinthians 16, 18, it says, For they refreshed my spirit and yours also. Such men deserve recognition. For they refreshed my spirit and yours also. Such men deserve recognition. If you're a refresher here today, I encourage you. And hey, I encourage the men in this house, be refreshers. Be men who lead by example. Be men who go, I'm not going to let, I'm going to be men who lead in the house of God. We need men to set an example when it comes to being refreshers. 2 Corinthians chapter 7, verse 13 says this, By all this we are encouraged in, we are encouraged. In addition to our own encouragement, we were especially delighted to see how happy Titus was because his spirit has been refreshed by you all. This writer is writing to the church. Titus was refreshed by his time with you. 2 Timothy 1.16, May the Lord show mercy to the household of one Zipharus, I don't know how you say it, because he often refreshed me and was not ashamed of my chains. A man here, refresh Paul, refresh the writer. Philemon 1 verse 7, Your love has given me great joy and encouragement because you, brother, have refreshed the hearts of the Lord's people. I wonder if God wrote to you today, would, you say, would he say you are a refresher of the Lord's people? I pray yes is the answer. Philemon 1 verse 20. I do wish, brother, that I have some benefit from you in the Lord. Refresh my heart in Christ. There is power in refreshment. There is power in how we refresh others. How can you refresh other people, church? Hebrews chapter 10 verse 24. Let us consider how to stir one another up to loving good works, not neglecting to meet together as some are in the habit of doing, but encouraging one another as, the, as more as the day of the Lord approaches. I encourage you this morning, don't give up meeting together, but instead work out ways to stir each other up. 
Can I hear an amen? Because we're called to be a church that stirs one another up to love and good works. Consider, think about this. Don't be an island inside of this church. Find out ways you can connect, ways you can lift, ways you can embolden one another to the gospel of Jesus Christ. I encourage you to be somebody who refreshes your leaders. In Hebrews chapter 13, 17, Hebrews 13, 17, it says, have confidence in your leaders and submit to their authority because they watch over you as those who must give an account. Do this so that their work may be a joy and not a burden, for that would be of no benefit to you. The position in this scripture is this, make your leader's job a joy and not a burden. Make it a joy and not a burden. Figure out ways you can support our pastors. You know, most of my job here at church at the moment is dealing with people who are unhappy. It shouldn't be the reality. It should be dealing with the amount of testimonies we have, the encouragement inside the church. That Paul writes here so often, the church refreshed me. Let's be intentional about refreshing our leaders. And thirdly, make sure you're somebody who refreshes yourself. Matthew 11, verse 28, talks about refreshing yourself. Look after yourself. Very last point. How do you refresh others, church? Here's some very practical steps. You see who people are in the kingdom, both who they are today and who their kingdom potential is. You know, whenever I speak to somebody, I am always aware of my spirit saying, God, who is this person in your kingdom? What is the stature? Their physical stature might not look the way their spiritual stature does. Maybe they're a giant in God, but maybe they're hunched over in life. Maybe the potential of God is that they're killers of giants, not someone who is running away in fear. I've got to speak to the giant killer inside of them. That's my job. Not my job here as a pastor, my job as a Christian I will call out the things of God. I will call out the seeds inside of people. I will speak and water the greatness of God inside of each other because that is who we're called to be. And I encourage you to be that. We spend so much of our lives speaking to people's problems. We have to look past the problem and look at who they're called to be. And when people enter the church, I want to encourage you, don't look at their lifestyle today. Look at who they're called to be tomorrow. Because that's when they'll find freedom. That's when they'll find hope. That's when they'll find life. Oh, my goodness, that's good preaching. Because the church is for so long has been full of judgmental people with self-righteous hearts that look down on others. No, no, we're a church that lifts people up. Jesus lifted up a lady who was about to be stoned because of adultery, and he said, get up off the ground. Get up. Lifts her out of the dirt speaks to her greatness. As you can tell, there's a bit of a river. There's a river in me this comes from. I've been in church for 35 years. There's a river in me to see God do this. Are we a church who can see who people are called to be? Are we a church that uses number two, our words to refresh people? You're going to understand, never underestimate the power of your words. This week, Charlie and I had a bit of a discussion at home about something. And Bear was in the room. It gets me emotional. And I said a couple of things about a situation which I knew wasn't from the river. And it was in front of my son. I just went, oh man, that's out spoken out in the atmosphere. So once we stopped, I went over and I said, I'm sorry, Bear. I'm sorry for saying those words. That's not truth. That's not kingdom. I break those words. I don't want even a little four-month, I don't want him to participate in the atmosphere of my stupidity. I break those words. I will use my words to bring life. I will use my words to bring love and peace and hope. Plus, it's not up to him. He's a four-month old. He can't handle it. My job is to protect him. When it comes to your life, how are your words? How are your words? How, how's your conversation? Don't let people speak rubbish to you because they're trying to vent. 
Some people gossip to you because we need to pray for sister so-and-so because they're doing this. It's just gossip. Let's cover each other with love. Let's speak life. Let's speak hope. Let's let, let, let no unwholesome talk come out of your mouth, but only what is good to build up according to the purposes of Christ. God, help us all with our words, but it comes back to our hearts. The third thing is we use our gifts to refresh. Refreshing others. How are you using your gifts today to refresh? What gifts do you carry, church? One time, at some point, we should talk more about gifts because there's gifts inside of you. Your gifts aren't just for you. They're there to build up the house of God. Number four, we use our resource to refresh. The, re, the, the refresh offering coming up, we're just going to give according to what God's placed in our heart. God, help us. We're going to use our resource to refresh. You're giving every week. Yes, we're going to build a playground for our next generation. That's the giving of everyday good-hearted people. And lastly, our prayers bring refreshing. If you're a prayer here, I want to encourage you. Keep praying. Your ministry is powerful. Don't stop praying. Don't stop interceding. Don't stop declaring. Let's be a church that is full of refreshers. Let's be that team that rostered on to the night refresh team at college. <laughs> Here's a question for you. Who here has used our church toilets before? Yeah? Okay, most people. You know that we have people who come out for free and volunteer to clean our toilets every week. They wipe the stains off the toilets. And I'm not trying to be crude in church. This is the reality of it. With good hearts, they give up work time to come out and do it. With good hearts. Because when we come together on a Sunday, you can sit down on a clean toilet. It's an inspiration to me. Oh, I'm too busy, but I... No, the people sacrifice to come out to clean stains off toilets. Amazing just an example of the greatness of refreshment seen and unseen people just do what they can to refresh for God's kingdom but ultimately as we finish as we do communion in a moment let's just have a conviction today about I'm going to be the greatest refresher that I can possibly be every time someone encounters me I want them to be more refreshed more blessed more honoured bigger and better even if I don't know them, even if it's the helper of Bunnings, stop them and say thank you. Say, you've done a great job. This is really, thank you for helping me. Refreshment. Refreshment. Benaira at Bunnings this week. Refreshment. Benaira at the servo. Refreshment. Here, have a drink. Come on, have a drink. In my marriage, praising my wife. For my son, speaking life over him every day speak life over him refreshment hopefully not this though that's a corona looking drink if I've ever seen one and this is the heart of God I believe this is the heart of God for us this is our grace zone our church is a well remember that a well of refreshing let's just keep just fresh water have a drink have a drink. Come on, have a drink. Have a drink. Oh, you look like you have a drink. You don't look like you have a drink, but have a drink anyway. Come on, have a drink. By doing so, we're going to see God's kingdom and heaven invade earth. This atmosphere of heaven just touch people's hearts. Just be our refreshers. That's, that's, by the way, that's a cup. That's a cup from the well inside of me. That's a cup. So we've got these beautiful, I was going to say beautiful people. We've got these beautiful people. And these weird-looking communion emblems, which I'm going to teach you in a second how to open it so that you don't spill it on yourself. And if you're at home, zooming, make sure you get your emblem ready or your, your wine, uh, uh, non-alcoholic wine maybe, your juice, your crackers.
That was weird at age six. <laughs> Extremely weird. I just wait for everyone to get theirs and then we'll talk about how you open this. If you don't, can't work it out, I couldn't work it out to start with. I mean, you can try to work it out yourself if you want. But that clear one on the top, there is a wafer in the top. It tastes like cardboard. Get ready. It is terrible. But prepare yourself. It's about the heart right now. And then under that, once you're ready for the juice, you can open the next one. But what we're going to do, just before you take them, is we're really trying to work on aspects of worship inside of church right now. With the challenges we have with singing in church right now, we want to take time every week to have an act of worship together we are a worshipping church and remembrance is something that is so powerful when it comes to worship remembering what Christ has done what I want you to reflect on today is this what Christ has done but allow that to refresh your heart allow his presence to refresh you today remember about when you were saved remember back to the times he has helped you out of the mire how he's helped you out of the dirt the times you've made mistakes and he's put you back together Remember his grace. Repent in your heart if you have things going on that you know aren't right. And let's just refresh ourselves. And the team's going to worship, lead us in some, some song. And by the way, whenever they lead us, if you want to kneel down, if you want to stand, you want to raise hands, if you do that, if you want to hum along, you go for it. And in your own time, I encourage you just to take these emblems. And uh, let's just remember what God has done for us this morning through Christ Jesus. We hope you were encouraged by today's message. If you would like to know more about our church, please go to celebrationchurch.com.au.